This e-cystic fibrosis review program is presented by DKB Med Radio. In spite of the fact that racial and ethnic categories are used ubiquitously, the Human Genome Project demonstrated that humans alive today are, on average, only 0.1% different at the DNA level. Thus, there is no biological basis for race. Race, ethnicity, and cystic fibrosis. Welcome to eCystic Fibrosis Review. If all human beings are genetically only one-tenth of one percent different from one another, why do individuals with CF from historically marginalized communities have more pseudomonas infections, more pulmonary exacerbations, and higher mortality rates? That's what we're here to talk about today with Dr. Jennifer Taylor Kauser, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at National Jewish Health in Denver. For Dr. Taylor Kauser's disclosures and additional CME information, please go to our website, ecfreview.org, and select the Volume 10, Issue 2 link. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of E-Cystic Fibrosis Review. Dr. Taylor Kauser, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Bob. The effects of race and ethnicity on people with cystic fibrosis. That is a pretty wide-ranging topic. So let's start right in with our first learning objective. Explain how variation in genetic ancestry impacts diagnosis and access to therapy for people with CF from historically marginalized communities. So if you would please, Dr. Taylor Kauser, take us to the clinic with a patient scenario. The individual for this scenario is a 35-year-old South Asian male with severe airway obstruction by spirometry. His percent predicted FV1 is only 35%. He was referred from Infectious Disease Clinic for evaluation of the etiology of bronchiectasis complicated by Pseudomonas aeruginosa infection. He had one bout of bronchitis as a young child but was otherwise healthy until around the age of 16 years when he was diagnosed with and treated for allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis or ABPA. He was treated for ABPA again as an adult. Between bouts of ABPA, he was also treated with oral or IV antibiotics at times of increased cough and sputum production. Recently, he underwent assisted reproduction because he was found to be infertile. As part of that evaluation, he had a 32-panel cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator, or CFTR, genetic testing panel done. He had a single copy of F508-DEL, so he was told that he was a carrier of a CFTR mutation. This patient has been through all kinds of testing, but, but none of it seems to have provided a definitive diagnosis for this South Asian individual. He's a carrier. We've determined that but does he have cystic fibrosis? What further evaluation needs to be done to accurately identify the source of this patient's signs and symptoms? Although CF is more common in people of European ancestry than in those individuals who identify as black, indigenous, or people of color, CF can occur in someone of any genetic ancestry. Although we can perform CFTR genetics, the gold standard for diagnosis of cystic fibrosis is the sweat test. 
The sweat test involves stimulation of the sweat gland with pilocarpine, a medicine, and a small amount of current. The sweat test measures the amount of chloride in the sweat. A sweat chloride of greater than 60 millimoles per liter is considered diagnostic for cystic fibrosis. A sweat between 30 and 59 millimoles per liter is considered an intermediate result, and a sweat chloride of less than 29 millimoles per liter makes CF unlikely. This particular individual's sweat test results were a sweat chloride of 76 millimoles per liter on one arm and 75 millimoles per liter on the other arm, clearly giving him the diagnosis of cystic fibrosis. Well, question, doctor. This patient received a 32-variant CFTR genetic testing panel. Is that adequate to identify CFTR genotype in someone who identifies as Black, Indigenous, or a person of color? At this point, over 2,000 variants have been described in the CFTR gene. Approximately 500 of those have been fully characterized by the CFTR2 project that's being done at Johns Hopkins. The prevalence of CFTR variants varies by genetic ancestry. F508-DEL is by far the most common mutation in people of European ancestry. In 2016, Schreiber and colleagues demonstrated that 10% of white people in the study of people with CF had no copies of F508-DEL versus 40% of Asian people with CF, 38% of Black people with CF, 30% of Hispanic people with CF, and 17% of Native American people with CF having no copies of F508-DEL. The 23 mutation panel originally described by the American College of Medical Genetics, now called the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics, was designed specifically for CF carrier screening in the general population, but it is also used for diagnostic and newborn screening purposes. With this panel, the majority of white and Native American people with CF in the 2013 CF population could be provided with a two-allele genotype, whereas less than half of people with CF of other ethnicities would have their molecular etiology discovered by this method. Conversely, the percentage of Hispanic, Black, and Asian people with CF who carry no mutations present on this panel is significantly larger than that in white people with CF. The individual with CF in this case underwent full CFTR gene sequencing. In other words, rather than undergoing a test that only evaluates for a small fraction of known CFTR mutations, he underwent sequencing that can assess for 99.9% of possible CFTR mutations. He was found to have CFTR genotype F508-DEL and V546A. I want to make sure we're keeping up with you here, doctor. So based on his sweat test and his full CFTR mutation sequencing, we now know that he does indeed have CF. And we also know what his specific mutations are. Is that correct? That is correct. Bronchiectasis, recurrent ABPA, pseudomonas infection, low FEV1. Despite these ongoing respiratory problems, this South Asian patient was not diagnosed with CF until age 35. Since 2010, we have done newborn screening for CF in every state because we know that earlier diagnosis is associated with improved outcomes. Furthermore, data has shown that people with CF who receive care in accredited CF care centers 
have improved outcomes compared to those who do not. Finally, there are specific CF therapies used to treat the signs and symptoms of cystic fibrosis. So it's all very important in terms of making the diagnosis. And the importance of identifying his CFTR genotype. Prior to 2012, all of our therapies in CF were really directed at the signs and symptoms of cystic fibrosis. Prescribing those therapies along with comprehensive care really enabled us to improve the survival of people with CF. However, between 2012 and 2019, four therapies were approved for treatment of the basic defect in CF. Those therapies were Ivacaftor, Lumacaftor Ivacaftor, Tezacaftor Ivacaftor, and Alexacaftor Tezacaftor Ivacaftor. These therapies improved lung function, nutritional status, quality of life, and CFTR function, and decreased pulmonary exacerbations. However, they are approved for people with specific mutations. So in addition to diagnosing someone with CF, it is really critical to correctly identify someone's CFTR mutation. Thank you for bringing us this case and discussion, Dr. Taylor Kauser. Let's review what we've been talking about in light of our learning objective. Explain how variation in genetic ancestry impacts diagnosis and access to therapy for people with CF from historically marginalized communities. What are the key things our listeners need to know? The first key point is that although CF is more common in people of European ancestry than in those individuals who identify as Black, Indigenous, or people of color, CF can occur in someone of any genetic ancestry. Additionally, regardless of genetic ancestry, the gold standard for diagnosis of cystic fibrosis is the sweat test. Individuals who identify as Black, Indigenous, and people of color are less likely to have both of their CFTR variants identified on a limited mutation panel. Therefore, in those with a positive sweat chloride, full CFTR sequencing should be performed. Missed and late diagnosis of CF results in worse health outcomes. So timely diagnosis is critical. Highly effective therapies based on someone's specific CFTR genotype are available. So correct diagnosis and appropriate genotyping are more important than ever. Well, thank you, doctor. And we'll return with Dr. Jennifer Taylor Kauser from National Jewish Health in just a moment. We're taking this very brief time out to tell you about the CF Education Resource Center. Do you need to plan a live or online CF Family Day or CF Educational Day? What's the best way to get started? The CF Education Resource Center is the place to go to find everything you need to make your CF Family Day a success. It's got tools to help you assess your community's needs. It's got scripts and PowerPoint slides, recently updated and including Spanish translations. It's got video tips and a guest speaker list. You can create your own curriculum or simply share the education with your patients or caregivers. The CF Education Resource Center. Connect at cffd.dkbmed.com. And now, back to our e-cystic fibrosis review program. Welcome back to this e-cystic fibrosis review podcast. We've been speaking with Dr. Jennifer Taylor Kauser from National Jewish Health in Denver 
about how variation in genetic ancestry can impact diagnosis and access to therapy among people with CF from historically marginalized communities. I'd like to turn now to our second learning objective. Describe the social determinants of health that affect outcomes in people with CF from historically marginalized communities. With that in mind, if you would please, Dr. Taylor Kauser, take us back to the clinic with another patient scenario. This individual is a four-month-old infant of parents who self-identify as African-American who was referred for evaluation following a positive newborn screen. The infant was born via an uncomplicated vaginal delivery following an uncomplicated pregnancy to a 30-year-old mother who works as a housekeeper. The infant's father works at an auto parts warehouse. The infant's three-year-old sibling has been diagnosed with asthma. The infant was born in a state in which newborn screening is performed using the immunoreactive trypsinogen, or IRT, DNA method. One mutation was identified. There is no family history of cystic fibrosis. The infant receives Medicaid insurance coverage based on the fact that the family's combined income is less than 138% of the federal poverty level. So that's 3,000 per month for a family of four. This infant had a newborn screening that was positive for CF. How common is it for delayed referral to occur? Based on the 2020 United States CF Foundation Patient Registry Report, 63.1% of infants were diagnosed with CF based on a positive newborn screen, and the median age of diagnosis was three months. In their 2021 paper, Macaulay and colleagues reported that the age at first event, or AFE, for evaluation of cystic fibrosis, for example, the sweat test, clinic visit, or a hospitalization, was delayed in infants self-identified, in this case by the parents, as individuals who were Black, Indigenous, and people of color. In the Macaulay study, infants in group one were defined as those who identified as Black, African American, American Indian or Native Alaskan, Asian and or other race and or Hispanic ethnicity, and infants in group two were those self-identified as white and not Hispanic. The distribution of CFTR variants was different between the two groups. 67% of infants in group one and 86% of infants in group two had class one through five variants, indicating more rare variants in group one infants. The authors postulated that inequitable identification of CFTR gene variants and or bias may influence timeliness of evaluation after an out of range newborn screen. In your newsletter issue, and also in describing this patient, you use the phrase social determinants of health. So I'm gonna ask you to define that for us, please. Just what are we talking about when we say social determinants of health? Social determinants of health are non-medical social and environmental factors that have been shown to impact health across a spectrum of diseases, including CF. Differential distribution of money, power, and resources often causes individuals from historically marginalized communities to experience decreased access to quality healthcare, education, and housing, decreased economic stability, 
suboptimal access to transportation and availability of healthy foods and increased discrimination. We know that low economic status negatively impacts health outcomes in general. How does it specifically affect people with CF? Although not all Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals or BIPOC individuals with CF have low socioeconomic status, as a result of historical and ongoing barriers, the median annual earnings for BIPOC individuals is substantially lower than that for white individuals in the US. And there is a substantial wealth gap between BIPOC individuals and white individuals. In people with CF, low socioeconomic status is associated with increased prevalence of pseudomonas infections, more frequent pulmonary exacerbations, worse pulmonary function, worse nutritional status, and higher mortality. Well, what do we actually know about how race impacts outcomes in people with CF? In spite of the fact that racial and ethnic categories are used ubiquitously, the Human Genome Project demonstrated that humans alive today are, on average, only 0.1% different at the DNA level. Thus, there was no biological basis for race. In fact, there was a greater degree of variation within a race than between races. Dr. Svante Pabo, who's director of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology said, even between Africa and Europe, there is not a single absolute genetic difference, meaning no single variant where all Africans have one variant and all Europeans another one. Even when recent migration is disregarded. So research from the Human Genome Project says there is no genetic basis for dividing humans up by race. Is that correct? That's correct. Race is actually a social construct, not a scientific or biological one. But race does impact outcomes in people with CF. It certainly does. Even after adjustment for socioeconomic status, Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals with CF have worse health outcomes. Black people with CF have an increased number of respiratory symptoms and more severe disease based on pulmonary findings than white people with CF. Hispanic and Black people with CF have worse pulmonary function than non-Hispanic white people with CF. In spite of having a higher body mass index and increased likelihood of having mutations that confer some CFTR function, Hispanic people with CF have increased mortality compared to non-Hispanic white people with CF. Bias regarding the epidemiology of CF may prevent a provider from correctly diagnosing someone with CF. Individuals who have signs and symptoms that may be related to CF can use a self screening tool found at noacf.org, that's N-O-A-A-C-F.org, that can be completed and then given to their provider. That's bias based on race. Uh, what other social determinants of health impact Black, Indigenous, and people of color with CF? Sparked by the pandemic, widespread use of telehealth was implemented in CF clinics. Alvin and colleagues demonstrated that Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals with CF were less likely to have a telehealth visit than white individuals with CF. 
And that was from the 2021 study in the Journal of Cystic Fibrosis. Hey, you reviewed that in your newsletter issue. What else did the authors report? Additionally, 90% of the people with CF over the age of six are now eligible for highly effective therapy that impacts the basic defect in CF. However, Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals with CF were less likely to be included in clinical trials of this new therapy and in other trials. Because the development of these therapies was directed at the most common mutation found in those of European ancestry, Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals are less likely to be eligible for these disease-modifying therapies. Dr. Taylor Kauser, thank you for bringing us this case. Let's review what we've been discussing through the lens of our learning objective. Describe the social determinants of health that affect outcomes of people with CF from historically marginalized communities. What are the key points our listeners should remember? The key points of this section are that social determinants of health are non-medical, social, and environmental factors that have been shown to impact health across the spectrum of diseases, including cystic fibrosis. Bias may lead to delayed referral and diagnosis in Black, Indigenous, and people of color with CF. In people with CF, low socioeconomic status is associated with increased prevalence of Pseudomonas aeruginosa infections, more frequent pulmonary exacerbations, worse pulmonary function, worse nutritional status, and higher mortality. Even after adjustment for socioeconomic status, Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals with CF have worse health outcomes. Based on social determinants of health, including race and ethnicity, people with CF who identify as Black, Indigenous, and people of color individuals may benefit less from technological and therapeutic advances in CF because of historical and ongoing systemic barriers. Dr. Jennifer Taylor Kauser from National Jewish Health, thank you for joining us for this e-cystic fibrosis review program. Thank you for having me and for allowing me to cover this incredibly important topic. For e-cystic fibrosis review, I'm Bob Busker. To receive CME credit for this activity, please take the post-test at ecf.dkbmed.com. E-Cystic Fibrosis Review is supported by educational grants from Vertex Pharmaceuticals Incorporated and GECUSA, Inc. The opinions and recommendations expressed by faculty and other experts whose input is included in this program are their own. This enduring material is produced for educational purposes only. E-Cystic Fibrosis Review is copyright with all rights reserved by DKB Med, LLC.